This morning we are beginning a new series in the book of Joshua. We will look at the first 12 chapters of Joshua, um, which will take us up to Easter, and then, God willing, we will return to that next January and and do the, the second half of the book. But we'll give you an idea of where we're going over the next weeks and months. So if, if you have a Bible there, please do open up as we read the first chapter of Joshua together. Joshua chapter 1, and beginning to read at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you, and they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. 
Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it. The land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandments and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now, if I were to sum up Joshua in just a few words, it would be this. God is faithful. Joshua 3 to 2 Kings are called historical books or former prophets. We are learning more of Israel's history, and in that we are learning who God is. God is faithful. The author of Joshua is anonymous. It comes after the Pentateuch, that is the first five books of the Bible, and really completes this entire section of Scripture. God promised to Abram in Genesis 12 to give him a people and a land where they would know God's blessing. And in the book of Joshua, we see that promise fulfilled. Five to six hundred years after the promise to Abram, God's people are given the land and given the rest he promised them. Listen to Joshua um, 21. Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give their fathers. And they took possession of it, and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. God is faithful. We can divide the book of Joshua up with four words. The first is cross, that is cross the Jordan. That is chapters 1 to 5. Then take that is, take the land, chapters 6 to 12. Then divide, divide the land between the tribes, give them their inheritance, that is, chapters 13 to 21. And then finally, serve, chapters 22 to 24. God has been faithful. Will you be faithful? In light of his faithfulness, Will you serve him? So if we could sum up the book of Joshua again, adding just two more words, it would be this. God is faithful 
serve him. God is faithful, serve him. We see this as we look at the book as a whole, but but we will also see this theme clearly in individual chapters, and we will see that coming out this morning as we look at chapter 1. It is this very theme that the original audience would need to hear and take on board. Those later generations, through the judges, through the kings, that they needed to know that God is faithful, and in response, they should be faithful to God. But we have entered a new year, and many people enjoy a new year because of the fresh start that it brings. And as we come to Joshua, God's people have been given a fresh start. You may remember back to Numbers 14. Twelve spies were sent to spy out the promised land, and then they brought a report back. And they said, yes, the the land is, is good, the land is really good, but the people are so strong. We, we, we'll never be able to come up against these people. And as they brought the report back then, they, then all the people of Israel, they began to grumble and they even said, do you know, it would be better if we just had died back in Egypt. Or it would be better if we just died here in the wilderness. And because they didn't trust in God to fulfill his promise, God judged them. God said, listen to Numbers 14, 29. Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness, and all of your number, listed in the census from 20 years and upwards, who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land where I swore I would make you dwell, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. See, Caleb and Joshua believed that God was able to give them the land, was able to keep his promise. Now, God said the time for this to happen would be 40 years. So where we are beginning in Joshua is about 40 years after God's people had left Egypt. So Caleb Um, Joshua and this younger generation they have been given a fresh start but God is still fulfilling the same promise it it made me think of us here at Pregavon Baptist as as we desire and strive to revitalise we in a sense have been given a fresh start but yet God is still fulfilling his same promise and that is good news Well, let's look at Joshua 1 together. Please do keep your Bibles open and follow along with me. Straight away we see that God's people are in transition. That they're at a time that is hugely significant for them. Look at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Deuteronomy ended with the death of Moses. Now let's not undermine what this meant for God's people. This is Moses, the servant of the Lord. Joshua is not called the servant of the Lord until the very end of the book of Joshua. In a sense, he wasn't worthy of that title. We have Moses, the the mediator of God's people. The, The one who pleaded to God on their behalf many times. Moses. The one who who led God's people out of Egypt and and across the Red Sea. Moses, the one who who received the law from God and presented it to the people. And listen to what we read in in Deuteronomy 34 um, and Moses' death. Deuteronomy 34 verse 10. There has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. I mean, all I can say is rather Joshua than me coming after Moses. A very significant time for God's people. Moses has died. Joshua is taking over leadership. Joshua is the one who would lead God's people into the promised land through obedience to God. Joshua used to be known by the name Hosea, um, meaning deliverance or salvation. It's interesting, it was Moses in Numbers 14 who changed his name to Joshua, which means God saves or God delivers. The the emphasis on, on what God is doing. And as we come to the book of Joshua and as we work our way through, we will see just how appropriate that name is. The name Joshua itself helps us to see how the book connects to the New Testament and to the life of Jesus. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. Jesus means God saves or God delivers. Hebrews 4 tells us that Joshua did not give God's people ultimate rest. For there remains another rest. See, for us reading the book of Joshua today, it it points us to a a greater land and and a greater rest God is giving to his people. In the beginning, God created the world. He created man and woman. They entered into God's rest, but they sinned. They disobeyed God, and so they could no longer enjoy God's rest. But God promised he would bring man and woman back into his rest again. And as we read Joshua, we are getting a picture of the greater, ultimate rest God is bringing to his people. 
as Joshua led God's people into God's promised land and rest through obedience, so the greater Joshua, Jesus, would lead God's people into a greater land and greater rest through his perfect obedience. Even obedience to the point of death on a cross, taking the punishment for sin, and bringing us back to God, back into his rest. We're at a significant point here in the history of God's people. And often we see that at significant points that ends with a death, which, which somehow seems a bit disappointing. If you think of the end of Genesis, it ends with the death of Joseph. And then, as I said, the next books take us through the rescue from Egypt, Egypt, and Deuteronomy ends with the death of Moses. And you will see that Joshua ends with the death of Joshua. Jesus too died in the most significant moment in history for God's people. But different to Joshua, different to Joseph, different to Moses, Jesus did not remain dead. He rose again, conquering sin and death and proving he really was the one to bring God's people to God's final place of ultimate rest. By faith in Jesus Christ, we can have rest for our souls now and ultimate rest in the land heaven. God is giving to us a land without sin, a place where we will not be able to sin and so our rest will never be disturbed. God is faithful. It's helpful for us to see these connections at the beginning as we try to make sense of the book of Joshua for us today. A significant time for God's people. Well, what, what does God say to Joshua? He says, Moses is dead, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. God commissions Joshua in verses 2 to 9. Dear Ralph Davis says this. He says, Moses may die, God's promise lives on. The passing of an era, yet the endurance of the promise. You see, it may be significant that Moses has died, but more significant, God lives on, and with that, his promise lives on. Moses said, therefore, arise, go. This hasn't changed God's plan. This hasn't altered God's promise. Joshua's confidence for the task that was given to him would come from God's promise and God's presence. As we've said, this promise is rooted in Genesis 12. 
I want you to note the language here. Look at verse 2. <clears throat> Go over this Jordan into the land that I am giving to them. This land is God's gift to his people. Look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. The, the land is, is already theirs. All they have to do is take it. It's as if the land already belonged to them was theirs from God spoke to Abram all those years ago. I want to encourage you to read through the book of Deuteronomy as we come to study Joshua. Deuteronomy is Moses' final address, final sermon to the people before his death, his means of preparing God's people to enter the land. And I would love you to read through Deuteronomy and mark everywhere that God says he is going to give. And you will see it repeatedly, almost every chapter. God gives, God gives, God gives. And what we see is that Moses prepares the people to enter the land by assuring them that God will give it. God has given it. And we come to Joshua, and God now prepares Joshua for his task with the same assurance, I have given. So as God commissions Joshua, he assures him of his promise, and then he assures him of his presence. Look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. This is the same promise God gave to Moses when commissioning him to service. I will be with you. Moses is gone. But Moses' God is still here, still with his people, fighting for his people, will never leave his people. Joshua can take on the task that has been given to him, not because he is powerful or great, but because God is with him, and God is powerful and great and able. And it's the same for us today. We turn to Hebrews 13 and we read this. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, and now quoting from Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, and I'm quoting from Psalm 118, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? And it's interesting here, the link between God's presence and contentment. You see, the key to contentment, the antidote to fear, 
is to know that God is with us. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. As Joshua faced what was ahead of him, there was so much that he could fear. So much that could have brought him discontentment. But as God said, I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I think the recent rise in um, COVID-19 has, has somehow taken us a little on our words, and I think partly because it's a new year. And often we think, well, it's, it's the new year, all will be different. And we can do that with, with various things. We think, well, when we get to the new year, things will be different. Things will be okay then, perhaps. But of course, a new year comes and old fears are still there. And new fears are on top of old fears. And it's often that fear that leads us to discontentment. As we look ahead, we need to be assured of God's promise and God's presence. We have rest for our souls now, and God is giving us land and rest he promised us God is with us he will not leave us or forsake us but we see then in light of God's promise and presence Joshua is to be strong and courageous verse 6 this is repeated in verse 7 only be strong and very courageous and repeat it again, verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And the word strong and courageous have similar meaning here. And resoluteness, there, there's a, a determination, an unwavering determination. Now this strength and courage, it's not something that, that Joshua is, is to kind of muster up within himself. It is strength and courage that comes from knowledge of God's promise and God's presence. And Joshua is, is to take this strength and courage and, courage and to, cha- to channel it into one thing, obedience to God's law. Look at verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have success wherever you go. Read on, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God is faithful. Joshua, you be faithful. God is giving his people this land. Joshua has a role within this. He will be successful through obedience. 
And this is one kind of tension that we've got to, to hold as we go through Joshua. God is giving the land, success and blessing will come through obedience. It's interesting when we think about it. Because Joshua's role is to lead an army of people into a tough, tough battle. And yet, from what we have recorded here, God gives him no military or practical instructions. His instructions are spiritual. Immerse yourself in the law of God and put all the strength and courage from God into obedience to God. These are God's words specifically to Joshua. It's the same for all believers. We think of Psalm 1 directed to all believers. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the way of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. In all that he does, he prospers. You see, the way to prosper, the way to be successful, is to immerse yourself in God's word, that you might be obedient to God. People will often say, Happy New Year. I hope it's a prosperous year. I wonder how do you define a prosperous and successful year? It's interesting, isn't it, that for many people they want to write off 2020. It wasn't successful, it wasn't prosperous. Well, I ask him, well, what does it look like for 2021 to be successful and prosperous for you? This past year, 2020, has not been a write-off. God has been faithful. God is fulfilling his promise to give us rest in heaven. This coming year, God will be faithful. God is fulfilling his promise to give us rest in heaven. See, as a Christian, the way to gauge success on a year that has passed is your obedience to the Lord in whatever circumstances you have been in. And the way to ensure success and prosperity in the year ahead is to immerse yourself in God's word and be obedient to his word in whatever circumstances you find yourself in. God has been faithful. Have you been faithful? God will be faithful. Will you be faithful to him? God commissions, God commands Joshua. Then Joshua commands 
the people, verses 10 to 15. And here we see Joshua following a pattern of, of Moses' relationship with God, where God spoke to Moses and then Moses spoke to the people. And in 10 to 15, Joshua reiterates God's promise to the people. And again, I think it's striking that Joshua, he doesn't give the people a lot of instructions, verses 10 and 11, other than simply just to gather something, make some provision for yourselves for the next few days, because Joshua says, within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And then verses 12 to 15, um, Joshua emphasizes the importance of the unity of God's people. He addresses three tribes, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Now currently God's people are at the east side of the Jordan, and the land God is, is giving them is to the west, hence why they have to cross the Jordan. But earlier, you can read about it in Numbers 32. These tribes mentioned here, they had requested land on the eastern side, which the Lord granted to them. But but as they requested this, at the time, Moses said to them, he said, "But, but how can you settle here, knowing that your brothers will have a war to fight? I mean, if, if they're off to fight a war and you're here settled, then they're going to be so discouraged. And so the three tribes, they agreed to help fight the war, to cross over the Jordan with the rest of God's people, and then, after that, come back to where they were going to settle. Uh, And that's really what Moses reminds them of and reiterates to them in verses 12 to 15. God's people are to selflessly serve each other. They are to encourage each other as they strive and battle to enter God's promised land and rest. Faithfulness to God is displayed in selflessly serving God's people. That's the same for us today. Again, we look at Hebrews, Hebrews 4. As the writer talks about entering God's rest, and he refers back to Joshua, and he says, Let us therefore strive to enter the rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Let us together therefore strive to enter the rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. God is giving us land and rest, heaven. We are to strive together towards that. Not every man for himself. We are to selflessly serve each other. We are to encourage each other as a body of believers and encourage each other to obedience. We strive, we battle, we fight spiritual battles together and we take and possess the rest that God is giving us together. 
faithfulness to God is displayed in selflessly serving God's people. So God commands Joshua, and Joshua commands the people. And then finally and very briefly, the people respond, verses 16 to 18. Verse 16, they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. They respond verbally, committing themselves to obedience. Even saying, verse 18, Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. And they repeat, only be strong and courageous. God's people are in a good place at this moment, committed to following God's commands through Joshua. But as we just read from Hebrews 4, this didn't last, they fell into disobedience, and we will see how and when that happens as we go through. But for now, it appears positive. But I, I wonder, you know, Joshua, knowing their history, um, how assured Joshua was by their commitment. You see, the truth is, Joshua could not rely on the people's promise, but he could rely on God's promise. As we continue together as God's people into another year, we too can rely on God's God is faithful. What more do we need to know? We have his promise. We have his presence. Keep serving him. Keep striving for obedience. Keep looking towards heaven. God is faithful. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you again for your faithfulness to us, your people. We thank you that every promise of yours is true, is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. May we be assured today of your promise. May we know your presence with us. And in turn, may we serve you, clinging to your promise, eyes fixed on heaven. May we strive together, immerse ourselves in your word, and strive for obedience together in response your faithfulness to us. We pray in Christ's name.